You're listening to And Then Some, a conversation with diverse thought leaders across sectors and the media, where we explore strategic communications, current trends, and how they impact us all. This podcast is presented by Solomon McCown and Sensi, an award-winning, fully integrated PR and government relations agency. This is And Then Some. Hi, everyone. I'm Rita Chessis. And I'm TJ Winnick. And this is And Then Some. With summer in full swing and so many of us in vacation mode right now, we thought we'd take a break from our traditional format for this episode to answer some of the questions we hear most frequently about PR and communications work in general. A mailbag episode, so to speak. So to speak. And if you have a specific question for us, don't hesitate to leave a comment or message us on social and we'll get back to you with an answer and even maybe address the question on a future episode. Yeah, we hope that this will be a helpful episode to anyone listening who might be asking these questions themselves. But before we get into those questions, TJ, how's your summer going so far? What have you been up to recently? Reva, that's a good question. Uh, we've had a lot of rain, obviously, here in New England, but um, I have been able to get to a pool uh, with my 10-year-old son, so he uh, has been psyched about that. I have tried to find the perfect lobster roll uh, this summer, uh, as I do every summer, actually. And we actually had a pretty good one. The family and I went up to Footbridge Lobster in a Gunkwit, Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're familiar with Perkins Cove, uh, an excellent lobster roll. So what about you? I know that you and your husband have been down the Cape and have sort of that's been your COVID retreat. And I think uh, you're coming back to reality. Yeah, we are unfortunately having to come back to reality imminently. We're moving in the coming days and we're incredibly depressed about it. But we have had such a good 11 months in Falmouth. It has been really, really nice to just be a little removed from worrying about COVID and, and busyness and things like that. It's been a little oasis for us. Sad to be leaving, um, but we are going to come back tan, which is always nice. <laughs> We've been yes. sneaking off to the beach when we can here and there, you know. Well, I've, I've uh, definitely been jealous of your uh, ability to buy uh, bug out, as they say, to the Cape. But uh, let's get down to it. Our our listeners are are looking for some content here. Yes. So our first question for this mailbag episode is maybe the one that we hear most frequently. And that is, why isn't the press covering my story? And to me, this question really boils down to what makes a story newsworthy? You know, I was thinking about this before we got on the podcast here, Reva. And I think that, you know, a story to appeal to a a reporter has to have certain characteristics that make up, you know, the event, the issue or the topic that you're pitching right to a reporter. And so I think any news story has to be timely. Right. It has to provide immediate current information and events. Uh, Those are newsworthy because they've just recently occurred and people haven't heard about them before. It's, it's sort of obvious. It's news because it's new. I think also proximity is key. You know, people want, let's say in the Boston Globe, they want local information uh, because they affect them and and the people they know in their community. Um, we, we care more about things that that happen to be closer to home. Uh, for better or for worse, I think that um, if your story involves some sort of conflict or controversy, obviously without being damaging to your brand, uh, it helps. I think when when 
when people argue about actions, events, ideas, or, or policies uh, that really appeals to media outlets. You know, conflict and controversy attract our attention by highlighting problems or differences, and and sometimes that leads to to change. Uh, I think human interest. If you can always identify a real person who has been impacted by this topic that you're pitching, that always helps. People are interested in other people. We like unusual stories of people who you know accomplish amazing feats or handle a life crisis because we can identify them and, and we can be inspired by them or, or have empathy for them. And finally, just relevance. I think people are attracted to information that helps them make good decisions. Uh, if they're looking for a job, they may be reading the business section. Um, just things like that. I think people are looking for information that matters to them and their lives. Yeah, I think all of that is absolutely on the money. I would just add too, if whatever the thing you're doing is the first, the best, the only, or different in some way, those are all factors that contribute to newsworthiness also and makes it more likely that your story will be covered. Yeah. So all those things. Yeah. Your pitch has to be unique. There has to be a point of distinction. Exactly. So moving on to our next question, a negative story recently came out about my organization and our CEO. What is the best way to share the other side of the story and defend our reputation. Reva, you want to take this one? You know, this is a great question. And the truth of the matter is we don't always have control over what stories get written, but it is certainly within our power to add to the conversation to either directly refute the story or to add another side to the conversation to direct the narrative away from the negative and toward the positive. So it really does depend on what the story is, but it could be really powerful and helpful to either write a letter to the editor, which adds an opinion, adds your perspective to the story so that it doesn't feel one-sided out there in the press or a thought leadership piece or something else that's authored by your organization or your leadership to, again, just really add that narrative to the conversation. Could also be helpful if you speak to that reporter and follow up and say, hey, you wrote this story. You know, we'd like to share our perspective as well. Can we offer you some comments? And often reporters will want to update their story to reflect both sides because reporters do want to cover the full spectrum of the story that they're covering. So a number of different ways to really add to the conversation so it doesn't feel so one-sided. TJ, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you would hope that as the story was being written, that you would have a, a dialogue with the reporter and would have the opportunity to provide a statement and would be able to provide answers for any accusations or claims within the story. However, uh, if the story has already been written and the damage, as they say, is done, uh, I think letters to the editor, like you mentioned, are really good. Uh, but besides broadcasting, I think there's another strategy, uh, narrow casting, in which you are speaking to those key stakeholder groups that mean the most to you. So, for instance, you don't want to blast out a response to a negative article on social media, uh, because many of the people following you or who might see the post probably haven't read the story. Um, so there's no reason to alert, you know, potentially thousands of followers to an issue they weren't even aware of. But instead, you know, think about maybe sending a targeted email to your list, uh, which will contain your supporters and your biggest advocates, you know, include all of your key messages. And then they can take those into the community and act as your defenders or, or your brand ambassadors. All of that could be good ideas depending on what it is the story is. And of course, you should always take a beat to consider what was written and think about how best to strategize. You don't want to take any drastic measures, as TJ was saying, posting to social media or things like that that could possibly make the situation 
worse. Correct. So our next question is about relationship building. What is the best way to introduce my CEO or executive leadership to the media? Right. So when we kick off an engagement with a client, we we typically try and set up meetings or coffees with the most significant reporters that cover uh, our client's industry. Typically, they are beat reporters with a real depth of knowledge in the area. So they're able to ask smart questions when they have the opportunity to sit down with a local leader. We always make sure to prep our clients for those meetings and to make sure they have, let's say, two or three story ideas uh, that they are able to soft sell to the reporter. Maybe it's just sort of the planting of some seeds for something that will pay off down the line, but it's not often that you have the undivided attention of a journalist. So you really want to try and make the most uh, of that meeting. Also, I would add, you know, letting that reporter know, having your client let that reporter know that he or she or they are always willing to be a resource for that journalist, should they be looking for a quote on a trend story or even someone who can help explain a complex issue to them, even if it never appears in print, when you create a dialogue like that, it's a much it's much more productive than just pushing pitches or news at a reporter or an outlet. Yeah. And I would also add just going back to the idea of thought leadership and creative content. You know, if you're looking to introduce your leadership to the media and and don't feel that it makes sense for whatever reason to directly introduce them to a reporter, you know, it could be a good idea to start with some creative writing, a thought leadership piece that you then submit to a specific outlet or reporter and give them an introduction by way of your writing, by way of your thought leadership and opinions on a specific topic that's relevant to your industry so that they can get an understanding of what your company, what your leadership really thinks and feels about the important issues that they cover. They could then see that you obviously have a lot to say, a lot of valuable insight to add to to conversations around the industry and would then be interested in coming back to you with questions down the road and potential stories down the road. Absolutely. That's an excellent point. So uh, we're going to wrap this up. Our last question is about relevancy. How do I ensure my company stays on top of mind for reporters and continues to get good media coverage? So this question really gets down to the nuts and bolts of what we do for our clients every day. You know, we're always trying to keep our clients top of mind for reporters and and continually generate positive media coverage. And without revealing too much about how the sauce is made, so to speak, to me, it's all about treating relationships with reporters and the media like you would any other relationship, continually checking in, you know, making sure that you have constant touch points and things to offer to them by way of, you know, even just a, hey, I read that great story that you had in XYZ media outlet. If you're ever looking for other sources on this type of topic, my client would be a great person to share some some insight. And that's the kind of thing that will help you continue to stay top of mind and be thought of by that reporter, even if you don't have breaking news to share specifically. The other thing is the more that you are willing and able to comment and apply your relevant experience to what's going on in the news that day, the more opportunities you'll get to be regularly featured or mentioned in stories by those reporters. So even if, again, the news doesn't necessarily pertain to you specifically, if you're willing to comment on what's happening, then you'll be more likely to be continually thought of to answer quick questions by reporters and mentioned in news stories repeatedly. You know, you really have to anticipate a reporter's needs. And and I can give an example of what you were talking about. You know, if it was a crazy day of trading on Wall Street, I might reach out to those reporters that I know will be writing something about it and offer up 
you know, one of our clients as a resource, or if it's forecast that the Federal Reserve is going to institute an interest rate hike when they meet next, then the night before they meet, I'll reach out to, again, relevant reporters and see if anyone's interested in speaking with you know one of our clients either before uh, or after uh, that announcement about the rate hike. And what I can tell you is, even if the reporter doesn't want to speak to our client for that particular story, I almost always hear from that same reporter within a month with them reaching out to me for something. So to use a cliche, you know, the squeaky wheel really does get the grease. Yeah. And always it's helpful too. again, even if something isn't necessarily breaking or there's there seems to be more of a quiet time in the industry. You know, it's always useful to talk about trends or to maybe forecast a little bit down the road. You know, oh, we're at the the halfway point of the year. Can we offer some insight into what might be coming down the road for real estate, for example, in Boston toward the second half of the year or things like that? Um, Reporters are always interested in in hearing, you know, what your companies and and leadership has to say about those types of trends and forecasts. There are always seasonal pitches, like you mentioned, like whether it's it's tax day and in April and, you know, there are some of our clients who work with businesses to prepare for tax season. Um, And there are other obviously uh, dates throughout the year that are going to be relevant to different industries. And so it's good just to keep that top of mind. Right. Not every pitch has to necessarily be super, super heavy. Some can just be quick answers or quick offers of, of little insights. I think that does it really for our first mailbag episode. I've had a lot of fun answering questions. TJ, thank you as always for your take on things. You know, maybe this should become a semi-regular feature, Reva. What do you think? I am always happy to return to these types of episodes and answer more questions down the road. And if people have them for us, please let us know. Most of all, to our listeners out there, thanks for joining us for another episode of And Then Some. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on future conversations. And if you've enjoyed this conversation and previous episodes, let us know by leaving a review and following us on social media. Solomon McCowan Sensi on Instagram and at Solomon McCowan on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.